live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome in on a Thursday morning, August 24th, 2023. Well, we have made it to the last day of, I don't know if it's the last day of the heat, it's the last day of the heat warning, yes, Uh, at least we can say that the excessive heat warning is scheduled to expire tonight at 10 p.m., and then we just go into regular heat, not excessive heat, just regular, regular heat for another day. Then it's just a regular hot. Then it's yeah, it's yeah, you're you're saving a good seven to eight degrees by going into Friday for sure. You're at high of ninety six on Friday as opposed to one oh three today, and uh, even even after you get through that, and you're gonna have you know breezy. It's actually still gonna be more humid even tomorrow than it was today. So. Uh, it's going to be a heat index of 102 to tomorrow compared to 106 today. So, like I said, I don't know how different it is. But nonetheless, for the time being, there is not a heat advisory that is going along with it. But the point we're really looking forward to is Friday night into uh, Saturday. That's when the real changes come. Saturday, yeesh. Saturday, high in the low to mid-80s. Uh, wind gusts up to 20 miles an hour throughout the day. Rain chances going on as well. Cloudy skies. Okay. All right. So we'll kick right into a little bit more of a uh, fall-ish. You know, 83 isn't necessarily fall, but fall-ish fear, it, feel compared to what. So that, that's when the change happens. It'll be the feel that you have for it, though. Like, if you've, you've been outside, especially this week, and then you get into Saturday and it's 20 degrees cooler. Yep. That's going to feel like you might have to go hoodie and shorts Yeah, in 80 to thir- 83 degrees. Definitely. Uh, cloudy skies, windy, maybe some some storms along with it. So, yeah, it's a uh, li- little, bit, little bit of a change Friday, big change into Saturday, and that's the day that we really get out of this pattern of weather that we're in right now that seems like it's been going on for a long time. By the way, looking ahead, we do now have forecasts for next Wednesday when they're playing the big volleyball game. Hoping it's not going to be raining then. Right now, forecast for Wednesday, according to the Weather Service, sunny, high near 86, wind 5 to 10 miles an hour, gusts as high as 16 miles an hour. So Take it. It's probably about almost as good as you can hope for. Absolutely take that. With that whole thing. So as long as there isn't any rain, there's no rain mentioned right now along with that, you'll definitely take mid-80s for the high that day. Uh, all right, so we got a good show for you today. It is a Thursday morning. Speaking of the volleyball game, we're going to be giving tickets away to that. I think it's our last pair that this we've got. This is our last pair. It's the last pair that we've got. We got a whole bunch of the pairs uh, when this thing announced that it was happening, when the university announced that this match was going to happen. So we got on it. We got some of those pairs because we want to be able to give them away to you as it got closer to hold up our end of the bargain for Ticket Thursday, where we get you the best tickets for the shows, events, concerts, and sporting uh, matches, sporting games that are happening in the capital city and around the area, and this would definitely fall into that. It is a uh, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see Nebraska Volleyball at Memorial Stadium. So one more pair of those to give away for free. Otherwise, you're going to have to go to the secondary market to get those things, mm-hmm. and who knows exactly what that's going to do over the next couple of days. Especially uh, as that... 
forecast starts to look nice yep. to where it's definitely going to happen. Yes. So to win that, you're going to have to win Generation Collaboration. We have brought, if you didn't hear, we have brought Generation Collaboration back. This is the game on the radio where you will partner up with one of the co-hosts of the show, the one that matches your generation most closely, and you answer questions about your generation. If you get five of them right, plus an extra question about another generation, uh, it's a little bit of a gauntlet, but if you pull that off, we're going to get you those tickets to the game. And we also play for pride as well. We keep track of questions answered right. Right now, millennials are 12 and 0, Gen X is 5 and 0, and the boomers are 2 and 1 with That's our new only scoring system. because somebody changed the scoring system. Caleb changed the scoring, scoring system. I like it better, though. So What? Um, do you want me to just be 2 and 0 and you no, guys like both it. be 0 and 1? I like it better. I like it better. I'm fine with it. To, I was just uh, explaining that, yes. you know. Yeah, being so outside it's, that much, you can. Oh you, yeah, you can make that. You up can easy, pick that though. up quickly. Yeah. You could be in first place uh, at the end of the day today, potentially, Mark. So, or could, or I could as well. So we'll be yeah. uh, looking for calls for that coming up at seven ten. My money's this on morning. Mark. Listen for the Q two call. Also, a little bit later in the show, the Girl Lincoln team. We will talk about new restaurants, retail businesses, etc. Opening up, closing, moving in the capital city, and then Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red. Uh, who has sat down in the last two nights with uh, Trev Alberts and Matt Rule, both. Yep. Yep. So he's talked to the, the, the men in charge right now of football in the athletic department, and we'll find out a little bit about those conversations, what his takeaways from them were, and um, and one week away from kickoff versus Minnesota. And if I'm remembering the schedule correctly, he should have Coach Cook on tonight okay. ahead of their opening weekend, three games this weekend before Volleyball Day in Nebraska next week. So a great chance to hear from the uh, the the real newsmakers, the real uh, big names in the Nebraska Athletics Department by listening to Sports Nightly right here on KLIN. Yep, 6, six o'clock, o'clock hour. It'll be John Cook tonight. So John Cook tonight. That'll be entertaining. Uh, that'll be with John Baylor probably, but maybe it'll be with Cook. But still, it'll be on Sports yep, Nightly. Yep, it'll be the same thing. Uh, all right, so that's what we've got coming up on the show today. Well, it was a uh, it was a short run, but it was a glorious run. The end of Redway Airlines yeah. originating from Lincoln. The end of the idea of the forty dollar ticket to some sort of destination so long as you're willing to go at a very exact time and date. Um, the end of what I hoped was going to be a, a big a big boost for the Lincoln Airport after just a couple of months on this whole thing. Redway announces yesterday that they are going to stop service out of Lincoln less than three months after this whole thing uh, got started, uh, posted an announcement yesterday. It is with heavy heart that we announced the decision to cease operations. After careful consideration and evaluation, we have come to the difficult conclusion that we must close our doors. Airport also had a release. They said the Lincoln Airport Authority Board is disappointed by the ultimate outcome of Redway service in Lincoln. Board members have met to discuss the result of the service, actions necessary to both address this situation and chart future efforts and oversight on what's to come lancaster county board it is said uh, they are deeply disappointed and troubled at this unexpected and sudden turn of events in fact they also said there are many unanswered questions regarding the redway project and it looks forward to receiving a full accounting of the situation as the lincoln airport authority charts a new path forward to serve our community Hmm. yeah probably 
Yeah. There's a lot of questions right now. Yeah. With this whole thing. How could it have gone that spectacular badly? And if it had the potential to go that spectacularly badly from a financial perspective, how did it even get to the place where the dice were being rolled on Mm -hmm. something like this? Um, That's, I think those are fair questions to ask right now because I, I don't know about you guys, but when, when, this was announced when the venture was announced. I was ex- very excited about the idea because it gave Lincoln Airport the leg up that it needed, which was cheap flights mm-hmm. to destinations that people wanted to go to. And that was just somewhere where the Lincoln Airport has not been able to compete in the past. And this really gave them a different, unique leg up for a very specific purpose than you might have in going to Omaha or going to Kansas City or going somewhere else. But even a little ways in, when they were canceling flights, canceling flights ahead of time just a few weeks into the whole thing, saying Mm -hmm. they weren't full enough, there were some red flags going up for me Mm -hmm. at this point. And they continued to do that as more of those things happened, and they were doing everything they could to get some of these flights filled up that they seemed to think were going to fill up and just didn't end up filling up. And you started realizing that they're probably careening towards something like this right? with everything that was continuing to happen. I think part of it, and, and this uh, I'll give credit to Steve Glenn, executive travel. He was on one of the TV stations last night. Uh, since this was a scheduled charter as opposed to just regularly scheduled air service, the money that uh, people had uh, bought tickets with was not available to the airline. Uh, it isn't available until the trip has been made. Other airlines, you know, when you buy a ticket, they've got access to that cash. So, you know, future flights, the, the money on future flights was not available to Redway. And so I, my gut tells me is that this was a cash situation that they may, you know, the model just didn't work out. But that's why, because it's, it's an escrow type account, according to Glenn, that's why people are going to get their money back. Uh, rather than what would have happened in a bankruptcy type thing uh, where you're just out of luck. Right. Uh, well, you get it back from your credit card, assuming you used a credit card. Right. So, you know, I think that may have been a, a part of it. But this uh, these models uh, of this type of service uh, fraught with all types of uh, downside potential, I think. Well, you know, in June and July, it sounded like they were saying it was pretty robust. From what I understand, they were talking about 10,000 tickets in the first two weeks of operation. Right. And But I think that speaks to what, what Mark is talking about that Steve Glenn said is yep. right. the, the 10,000 essentially reserved more than purchased is, is the way that would look. Yeah, the, you know, the, if, the, if those 10,000 tickets were all for September, October, November, that money does no, Redway no good. Right. In daily operations. Right. So, man, they just had, they obviously just had some real small margins in terms of success because it was in July when they announced they were dropping their flights to Atlanta, Austin, and Minnesota, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Right. These things had only been going for four or six weeks at yeah. that point. Yeah. And they had, I mean, they obviously needed to get those, to get the slim margins that they needed, they had to get those things really populated. In terms of the current flights. And, and then announced two new destinations on and, top of that. And yeah, then they said Tampa and Phoenix were happening over the winter, which, again, I was thrilled. I was incredibly excited mm-hmm. about. I thought that was a great deal for Lincoln and ones that would be used. But, I mean, how 
how used did these things have to be to make this work? I mean, it sounds like there was zero margin for error mm-hmm. on any of this to make it profitable, to make it make financial sense I here think, at this point. I think point. one of the things you have to look at is the time of year that they uh, started this service and the destinations they chose. You'd have started this, if, if Redway would have started, say, December 1st, and only served Orlando, Austin, and Phoenix, maybe Vegas, as an example. I think it may have yeah. been a different outcome than, than you know, Atlanta in the yeah. summertime. Yeah. Austin in the summertime. Yeah. It, that, it just didn't quite I mean, make sense to me. Honestly, start with Vegas. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. Like, j- yeah, just just Vegas. And then, and, and then maybe use some of the flexibility. I'm not, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not here to. I definitely am not the person to tell an airline how to do its business because I don't have that kind of expertise. But, you know, they burned through. The reports are that they burned through those COVID funds, $2 million of them. Three. Out of three. Two out of the three. Two out of three. Okay. Two out of the three. $2 million of a $3 million incentive funds from ARPA Bucks. $900,000 in the first month on this thing. And so they had already burned through two out of the three, and uh, look, that's probably what was going to be happening with the final million mm-hmm. on this whole thing as well. And that's part of the it's part of the concern for some of the elected officials, for the people on the county board that are saying, "Gee, many Christmas, <laughs> we, how could this happen? We, you know, we committed these funds. We thought it was a good use of dollars, but I mean, if you were burning through those at that rate, was this thing ever going to work? There's a lot of questions to be asked here." with this whole thing and it's really disappointing um for a variety of reasons not the least of which is i don't know where the airport goes from here exactly and they just had their expansion just expanded the whole thing not new nice terminal i mean the place is the place is better than it's ever been mm-hmm. um from an experience perspective but if you don't have flights that if you don't have flights that people are going to take then well, how does any of that matter Mm-hmm. At this point, and they still have service to what do they still have, Mark? Service to Houston and Denver, I assume, and, and, Denver Chicago. and Chicago, right? So they still have those as well. But this was a real, they, they it felt like they needed a niche, and this was it. This could have been it, right? That you're not, you just don't have this option at other airports, and so people are going to come for it. And it, and then it raises the question is like, what? You know, I don't know what Redway needed to be profitable to make this work, but does Lincoln and the surrounding area that's going to use the airport, is there enough, like, is there enough of demand for these things here? I mean, it makes you question that. Is there enough of a demand for, obviously there wasn't for what they were offering specifically, Mm -hmm. but... We got to reevaluate. I think the whole thing for I think how, how the airport, what what kind of a demand there is for the airport here in in twenty twenty three. I think you could take in, in something like a a daily round trip to and from Lincoln and Vegas. You know, if you have one plane and you go back and forth, that might give give you the they used uh, to do groundwork. that. Well, it wasn't daily, but they used to have cheap Allegiant flights to to Vegas. Then I think they ended up doing that in Grand Island instead. But mm. yeah, I hope. I mean, obviously not this exact same company and same model, but it feels like that's probably where the niche is for this airport. It's just disappointing that the people they were doing it with obviously didn't plan it particularly well and burned through a whole lot of money that that the county had, that the city had available to them 
in a one-time situation. So, tough news. Tough news for the city. 625, we'll take a break. Get a check of sports coming up next on KLIN. Get the facts and stay ahead of the game. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Your trusted source for news and information. 1499.3 KLIN. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that Wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Hi, welcome back. Thursday morning, 80 degrees in the capital city at 636. Got a message on the uh, on the app. I guess we should, I should point out that you can do that. I, we don't we don't really point it out very often. But it's a yeah. It's a if you don't want to. I mean, we have got various ways you can contact us. But if you don't want to text us, or well, we really like texting. I think. Well, I mean, let's let's be very clear with it. Uh, above email and uh, above, way above Facebook Messenger, <laughs> uh, and any other any other way of communicating, and only slightly behind actually sending us mail. It's, I would put mail, actual mail, probably number two uh, ahead of way ahead of Facebook Messenger still. <laughs> but we also have, if you listen on the app, maybe you've seen there is a button where you can send a like a voice memo, an audio and, message, and yeah. we get it. And Caleb just played one. We had a listener who was. Uh, well, do you have the listener's name? I wanted to give him credit, but I yeah, forgot I do. His name. Uh, Ron, thanks, Ron. Ron, Ron uh, gave his thoughts on on the Redway stuff and talked about how he, something that you uh, that his point was something that you see in government too much, where they throw money after something that isn't really a good plan, and I think that happens a lot with government. Was his take on that whole thing? So, yeah, if you want to, if you ever have a thought you want to get across and you think it would be easier to do verbally than it would be in written form. You can do that if you want to. Mm-hmm, you might, mm-hmm. who knows, we might put you on the radio with that. But again, the main point of that, don't ever use Facebook Messenger to contact <laughs> us. That's really the main thing, especially on Request Line Friday, which is tomorrow. Yes, yes, yes. And there, we really want you to use the text line, too, to request those songs. Uh, if you haven't heard yet, we do have a theme for Request Line Friday this week, Uh one of the myriad off-season topics that always seems to come up as we get closer and closer to football season is when is it time to change slash update the tunnel walk, uh, particularly the music related to the tunnel walk for Nebraska football. And I'll be honest, this conversation, I really haven't heard it much this year, so I'm not trying to start it necessarily, but it often comes up and there are always ideas that are suggested for Hey, what if we updated this with some different music? Mm-hmm. Alan Parsons' project is great. 
uh, some of the best uh, prog rock out there. I guess it's it, uh, but but maybe it's time for something a little more updated for the uh, for the younger fans and the kids who aren't into prog rock that is weirdly pump up music, but they really don't have anything else in their library like that whatsoever. And so we're asking you if you were tasked. By the by, Trev Alberts. If Trev came to your door, Trev and Matt came to your door and said, "Hey, radio listener, you've got till Friday to come up with the new song we are going to use once we start home games at Nebraska uh, at Memorial Stadium this year." We're coming out of a new tunnel. We need a new mu- new tunnel. New song. They are switching. What corner is it coming out of this year? So it's is it the opposite northeast northeast corner? That'll be they, weird. they were in the northwest. So they have come out now. Three out of the four corners, or they will have come out three yep. out of the four corners. Yep. For because the old day, the olden days, it was out of the southwest corner mm-hmm. that they came out of. But yeah, it's a good time. Maybe it would be a good time. I don't think they're going to change it, but maybe it would be a good time to freshen up. Maybe they'll get an idea that uh, that they hear from the show. So I'm very curious what you think might be good in that scenario. Were they to ever? make a change or mix it up or or do something like that. So you can text in the song that you think should be there. Let me reiterate one final time, just because we don't seem to always get this through to people. We would appreciate it. Nay, we are going to require as best we can that you submit songs to us that do not have words in them that we are not allowed to play over the radio. If you don't know what those words are, just Google it, but don't do it on your work computer. Okay. Yeah. Had some issues with that the last few weeks. <laughs> and we catch some of them uh, before the music starts playing, and we catch some of them after where we have tools to take care of that, and we've been able to do that, but it makes our life a little easier and a little less stressful if you keep that in mind. So please do that. Please, if you don't know for sure, maybe just check real We're not quickly. targeting you, Ben. <laughs> ben th- There's been a few of them. There's been... <laughs> I, we probably had three out of the last four weeks where that happened, it seems like. So <laughs> just check it. That's all we ask. That's all we ask. We Listen, you want us to have our license. We want us to have our license. I think that's something in all of our mutual interests <laughs> right now. Uh, before we get into the sound off, anyway, by the way, yeah, text those in. We'll do requests on Friday tomorrow. Before we get into the sound off, I got an Animal Thunderdome update here uh, for you. We haven't I, had one of those in a long time. Well, I mean... I. There's basically about once a week driving to work, I see something that could be noted for Animal Thunderdome, but things, I mean, things get ratcheted up here and it doesn't even sort of register on the Animal Thunderdome scale anymore (laughs) because we see so much. But the thing I saw today was something I've never seen before. Oh. Never seen before. So I'm driving up A Street. I'm waiting at the intersection of... 56th and A, uh, just past Pius, right, going westbound, and I stop on A Street, and I'm waiting for the light to turn there, as you do when you're driving places at just after 5 in the morning and there's no one else on the road and you're still at a red light, and I notice something that I often notice, especially in this area, which is up ahead of me, a critter crossing the road and my lights catching its, its eyes, and them doing their reflective, super creepy thing. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell what it is exactly, but before it gets to the road while I'm trying to figure out what it is, there's a second one behind it. And then another. 
and another and another. And before it was all said and done, six large animals, I would say large animals, these were not, it was pretty clear that these were not cats. Uh-huh. Six large animals had crossed the road. And right as the last one was crossing, my light turns green, and I they're scurrying under a little tree on the side of the road. I get up there just enough to shine to have my f- headlights shine over there on the periphery so I can see what it is. Six raccoons. Six of them all in a line like a little like I love that you call those large animals. Well, for, okay. It, so it, cute. Okay, that's not the point. The just po- I mean the point is that, is that it's not a it's not a little cat, right? Well, yeah. It's not skinny. It's not it's not was isn't skinny either like when you see one of those foxes that are yeah. going through. I guess that wasn't really the <laughs> large wasn't the word I was looking for. I just it was something six large was it a moose? I knew it was either I I knew it wasn't a fox and I knew it wasn't a cat or a like a very small dog or anything like that. I knew it was either a uh either that or uh one of the one of those what are those other things that are around in the middle of the night that walk around text line wants to know what you would classify a buffalo as oh jeez <laughs> we're focusing on the wrong part of this story ladies and gentlemen <laughs> focusing on the wrong part of the story there were six of them in a row I was just saying, as I was trying to discern what they were from a distance, they were not the size of normally what I would see. They were a different size and shape based on what I would normally see. We just see. have so many raccoons around our apartment complex, it doesn't even phase me doesn't to see okay. a bunch of them anymore. I see, no, I see raccoons fewer in historically driving to work. The most common that I'll see, uh, I mean, it used to be squirrels. I don't even know if it's squirrels anymore. I I swear the squirrel population in Lincoln has been cut down significantly in the last 15 years. Yeah. Like, I bet it's been, this is completely anecdotal and based on nothing but my own thoughts, but I bet it's down 25%. I bet squirrels are down 25% in the capital city. But I will see, I'll see foxes more than anything, okay? Um, And then after that, I will see cage. I mean, not a lot now, but there are coyotes that you'll you'll see as well. You'll see cats that are out as well, mm-hmm. but raccoons just haven't been out. I haven't seen them all that much. As a matter of fact, we see them so much that if we don't see them for say a week, we get concerned. We're like, where where'd they go? Where hope, do you? Where, they're okay. Do you see them out in the daylight or in the that night yes, or both. morning or a, a, where are you seeing them? Mostly climbing out of the garbage. Oh, gross! All, around all of the gutters. Gross. Yeah, and then they'll just take off in a line, like you said, half dozen of them, all running. So this is normal behavior for them, hanging out in the trees. That, so this is totally normal behavior for them in, in Lincoln. At okay, least, I at just, least for the Tanglewood raccoons, I hadn't. Yeah, well, it might be. I just hadn't. I hadn't seen them uh, do that in this kind of a group. So anyway, I thought that was that was interesting. Uh, all right, maybe you didn't, and I yes, I get it. Not not a large animal. Use the wrong word there. Thanks for letting me know. Uh, all right, what do we have going on this morning? You know what? We haven't even discussed 46 minutes into the show, Caleb. We had debate night in America last night in yes. Milwaukee. We finally had it. The Republican candidates, minus the front runner, runner and very likely winner of this whole thing. So, you know, kind of the battle between everyone to see who's going to be in second place. But they all did that yesterday in Milwaukee. What did they say? Let's find out. 
What did they say? Let's find out. The first GOP presidential primary debate here in Milwaukee highlighted promises for a brighter future. I will put our nation back on the path to growth and prosperity. Former Vice President Mike Pence, the debate also highlighting the differences within the GOP over issues including Ukraine, abortion restrictions, and crime. A guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. That's former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie calling Vivek Ramaswamy an amateur. As others piled on, though virtually all candidates did line up behind former President Donald Trump, saying they'd support him as the nominee, the former president skipping the debate as he leads in the primary by double digits. In Milwaukee, Jeff Manasso. <laughs> and, it's about, News. and it's about to go up, frankly. I mean... <laughs> Is that our new millennial slander? <laughs> you sound like Chad GP. Man, I will tell you what. Now, I didn't watch the debate live. I read about it. I saw some highlights of the whole thing. But I, I didn't need to to get this sense. And I say this right before we get into generation collaboration. But, Caleb, I want to tell you what. The X's and the boomers in that group, they are annoyed by that millennial mm-hmm. in there. He is annoying the crap out of them. It is a, it is a microcosm of some situations that you're seeing maybe in workplaces or or other places. Look at my there. generation and just uniting people. So so much so much so that he became like even though dis- Trump's not there and everybody's afraid to go after Trump outside of outside of Christie and Asa Hutchinson, but the other ones are are sub- just like, you know, making campaign commercials for Trump. But then you would think DeSantis would be number 2. In terms of, and he's the only one, he's the next one who's up there on stage, so they're going to go after him. It sounded like most everyone was spending their energy going after Vivek. They found, this they found someone to go after. And I, th- I think it's maybe partially strategic because they think DeSantis' star is fading, but I think it's also in large part just because they're super annoyed with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that they couldn't do Eminem as well. Oh, God. Like and and he's doing things like he went on. He sat down for Bill Maher's podcast the other night while Maher is sitting there smoking pot while he's talking to him. This is what he's doing. Can you imagine Mike Pence sitting down with Bill Maher while Maher's puffing on a joint? I want to. Now, uh, he always has people on his podcast, and they some of them choose to partake in that, but they usually all have cocktails. Vivek just had a Vivek just had like a campaign mug he was drinking out of. Um. I don't know if they ever said what was in it. I don't need to listen to that whole thing. But nonetheless, that was kind of the uh, the story from last night. And I'm going to guess we're probably going to get some polling coming out in the next day, couple of weeks or so. That I don't know what Trump's at now. Uh, what, 50, 60, something like that. Slap another 10 on that thing. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what's going to, especially after he goes in again today and Gets his mug shot, and everybody's good. Yeah. That mug shot comes out today. I mean, d- get ready to see that thing everywhere for people who like and by people who like and by people who don't like him. It's going to be I'm everywhere. already so disinterested in that because it's going to be everywhere. Oh, well, it's happening today. It'll be the fourth time this year former President Trump will head to one of the cities where he's facing an indictment. Fulton County will likely have a strong presence of security. 
media, and protesters. The former president faces 13 felony counts tied to his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. Fulton County Sheriff has said Trump will not receive special treatment, although the Secret Service will be involved in ensuring his safety. The total bond is set at $200,000. With 18 other defendants in the case, several have already turned themselves in, including attorney John Eastman. In Washington, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. You got to see all of the different strategies that people have for white-collar crime getting their mugshot taken yesterday. You had you had the Jenna Ellis who got ready with the big smile. Mm-hmm. Right? There's always that. The, the defiant, hey, the, no sweat to me, I'm smiling. There were the people who just weren't clearly very ready for the camera to take the shot, like Rudy Giuliani. And this whole thing, you had the very serious, stern look on some of them as well. Yep. This whole thing. I don't know how I would act if I was getting my mugshot taken and I knew that it was going to be in the paper. I hope that never happens. Um, what's the best? What, the, smi- the smile is all. <laughs> I think the smile, you probably got to go with the smile. Yeah. Like, everything's fine. I'm going to be okay. I didn't go this with is- the smile for mine. Uh, okay. There's one out there somewhere. <laughs> Wow. All right. Well, you might have set the sleuths <laughs> off here at them some point. Uh, Not since I've been in Lincoln. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised you admitted that. Uh, you remember when, uh, so this th- most of this stuff happened when I was gone on vacation uh, a couple of months ago, but when there were all these rumors that there was an army marching to Moscow mm-hmm. of basically mercenaries yes. essentially. We we talked a, we talked a lot about that and as a matter of fact when all of that happened we had uh Congressman Don Bacon come on when when Doug mm-hmm. Fitzgerald was in here as you were on vacation mm-hmm. <laughs> over in the European theater. Right. Right, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And there were these thoughts, oh man, this thing is going to blow up here, but then they basically exiled their leader to Belarus, and a lot of people were like, oh, he's definitely getting assassinated there. And a few months went on, and he didn't. Didn't get thrown off a building or poisoned, have his coffee poisoned, and maybe you kind of forgot about it. Well, update. The leader of the Wagner Group, Yevgeny Prigozhin, was killed in a plane crash outside of Moscow, according to Russian state media. Reports indicate the private jet had 10 people on board, three of them crew members, when it was flying to St. Petersburg, and it was shot out of the sky, according to reports by air defense surrounding the Russian capital. The images we are seeing from the ground indicate a ball of fire falling out of the sky. The juxtaposition, though, of interest. Russian President Vladimir Putin at a concert in southern Russia celebrating the 80th anniversary of the Battle of Kursk. He didn't comment on the plane crash directly, but his body language appeared to be taking a lap of victory. His body language was taking a lap of victory. Okay. What what does that body language look like? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> Last but not least, let's finish on this. A much lighter note, but one that does also involve uh, involve music. Do you, you ever had a song in your head and you don't know what it is? And it's not even that you're hearing it somewhere, but it's just like in your head and you kind of know a little bit of it, but not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And it's a very frustrating experience because you want to like, you just can't stop thinking about yeah. trying to figure out what it is. Now there's a solution for you. Thank you, technology. Thank you. 
YouTube. You might remember how magical it felt when the app Shazam could hear a few seconds worth of a song playing at a bar or nightclub and tell you what the title and artist were. But now YouTube will allow select users on Android to test a feature where they can hum a few bars. The app relies on machine learning and will match that few seconds of humming, perhaps off-key, to a song presenting the user with videos of that song to play. Eben Brown, Fox News. Can you not try to just sing into Shazam? I don't think so. I've never tried that. I thought that was only for, like, the... I, I assume not, but I guess I've never tried it. I want to push you around. Well, I will. Let me know if that works. We're, we're going to find out here in a second. <laughs> I th- I don't think that, that will work. I don't think that'll work with the way that I think oh, it's... Oh, no, it's not working. Yeah, that's not oh, going to work. Oh, no, Shazam I mean, letting me down. No, you, YouTube is there for you now. Jeez. Oh, okay. Can... Well, I'm not an Android user. All right, it's 655. <laughs> we'll take, it'll come to iPhone eventually. 655, we'll take a break. We're going to hear from Cap Humane Society next on KLIN. When you're... It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, let's check in with Matt Metchar of the Capital Humane Society. Find out what they've got up for adoption this week. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Let's see if we have him here. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good. I was ah, there you go. Uh, good. Glad to have you. Uh, glad to have you with us. Let's talk a little bit about what people might have available to them if they're going to try and adopt a pet this weekend. Yeah. So first off, we have Ducky. So Ducky's about two years old, and she's a black lab mix and weighs about fifty-one pounds. She came in as a lost dog, and unfortunately, nobody came to claim her. But very energetic dog. Definitely likes to be on the go. So she would be a really good walking or running partner for somebody. And uh, when it comes to other dogs. She definitely likes to play with them, but she might be a little too much for a calmer, older dog. So ideally a home with a dog that has the same energy level as her. All right, gotcha. What else do you have? And then we got Mamacita, and so she's about two years old. She's a domestic short hair spade female, and she's primarily white, has a little bit of gray on her face. She only weighs about nine pounds, so she's kind of petite, and she was surrendered by her previous family because they couldn't care for her any longer, but... She's one of our longest tenured residents. She's been with us about three months. And so uh, hopefully uh, she can find a home this weekend. All right. Very good. Uh, what should people know if they want to make an adoption? So come on out to the Pylock Pet Adoption Center. We're out at 70th and Nebraska Parkway. We're open today and tomorrow, 1130 to 7, and Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 5. All right. Thank you very much, Matt. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Have, yep, a good, have one. a good one. It is 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. 9-14-14. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. It's time to play Generation Collaboration. Not only is it a 
tool that we use to give away tickets to the best events in and around the capital city, but it is also a chance for you to represent and have pride in your generation by being victorious when it comes to trivia about that generation. Here are the standings right now. Uh, only a week in to the next iteration. This is what, season four? Season four. Of Generation Collaboration. Uh, the Millennials have won all three. Uh, but we have a little bit of a new scoring system right now that is based on individual questions rather than games won. Mm-hmm. That might hopefully even the playing field. I a think that bit. would have changed the results over the first couple maybe, of seasons. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, so the Boomers right now are two and one uh, in terms of questions, answered right or wrong. Gen X is five and oh. And millennials are twelve and zero, so we're not counting the extra points when we're doing the standings. Essentially, it's just keeping track of questions about your own generation, as I understand it. Wait a minute, I, th- I think I did the scoring wrong last week. It should be fourteen and zero. Oh, brother. Okay. <laughs> card laid is a card played. Oh, well, that's uh, what it right. is. Yes. <laughs> All and right. these are digital tickets, by the way. If you yes. win, we, we will Thank send you. them out to you. Yes. Don't come to the station. I mean, come to the station, but you're yeah, not going to get hang any, out. <laughs> not going to get any tickets here. Uh, it's, uh, it's Bring goodies. The, yeah, it's through the uh, email process. We do tons of tickets like this now. It works really well. So uh, just be aware of that. We will be asking for your email address if you win. All right. Let's see how see if we can get this done right away because I know that I am playing Let's first. Not. I'm sorry, but I am cheering against you. I am playing first. It is Chris <laughs> and Olatha. I know he's an extra. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing today? Good morning, Jack. All right. We're gonna try this. We're gonna do this. Well, I hope we don't I, we need a baby question. Yeah, baby question. Qu- like, we- you know, the one that Caleb got where, you know, which what what movie did the fish father fish have to find his son Nemo? Yep. You know that was a question they had right. one time. Okay. We yeah, need yeah. that one. We're steps away from <laughs> Caleb getting a question like name a color. It's fine. You got, name any your color. generation is zero and one on millennial questions this season. Sorry. Right. Listen, I'm there ready to go. Are. Let's just let, let's <laughs> mow through these. I'm ready to go. Who's got my questions? I do. All right, go, Mark, and talk about it. Give me. <laughs> I pulled one card out of the deck, and I can't believe how easy this question is. Okay. Maurice Gibb was a member of this pop group. <laughs> uh, Chris, go for it. Bee Gees. Bee Gees, yes. <laughs> There's what? a history there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the card that I pulled out. Was Andy? Stop it. <laughs> Next question, please. Which actress starred as Andy Walsh in Pretty in Pink? Oh, oh. Uh, that was Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. Good, yes. Molly Ringwald. Correct. Phew. The American lawyer notably served as the independent counsel whose work led to the impeachment of President William Jefferson Clinton. Oh, was it was it Star? Star, yeah, Kenneth Star. Yes. This teen heartthrob released several albums while starring in the Hardy Boys Mysteries. Oh my gosh! I know the books. I don't know the TV shows. A teen, uh, teen heartthrob, like in the seventies. It was one of the. It was Cassidy, Sean Cassidy. Sean Cassidy. Uh, uh, that's that sounds fine to me. I don't know. Okay. Wow. I was a little before my time. All right. One I more. I right. Can't believe this card came out. Okay. Lightning struck one lucky robot in the film Short Circuit. Which robot? What was his name? I know it. Go for it. It's uh, Johnny Five. Johnny Five is alive. Yeah, Johnny Five. Yes. 
<laughs> All right. Give us a baby millennial question, Mark, Jeez. for the X's just to tromp right through this thing and win. Let's go. Uh, what was the title of the first YouTube video uploaded in 2005? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Top of the pile. I'm playing it the straight. The first YouTube video? The title of the first YouTube video uploaded I mean, I can think of some old ones, but I don't know that it's the first one. This Meet is the... This, say that again, Chris. Meet me at the zoo. Meet me at the zoo. Meet me at the zoo, or meet me at the zoo. Meet me at me at the zoo. M- uh, me at me at the zoo, or meet me at the zoo. Is that right? Oh! <laughs> me, me at the zoo. Yeah. Did you know that, Chris? Yeah. No idea. I thought it was Charlie bit my finger. God. I don't, well, I thought you'd have it because you're millennial. You're really next to the millennial. I know. I, I, I thought it was silent. My daughter night. was a big YouTuber, and so she was, she was it, all into that one. I thought it was out. silent Hold night on, my fail. My headphones came unplugged, Caleb. I can't hear anything. Talk to him for a second. I thought it was silent <laughs> night fail that was the first oh, one. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I thought it was uh, Charlie bit me, and it's still hunting. It's not that. All right, Chris, you got the tickets. Congratulations, man. The X is going to win, too. Here we go. Congrats. Yeah. Hang tight. We're going to get your info. All right. Chris got the tickets to the uh, to the volleyball game. Uh, volleyball day in Nebraska. So we don't have uh, we're, we're, we don't have any other prizes down here, do we? Do nope, we, just do we want to offer people to play for pride if they Absolutely. want to? Absolutely. If you want to play for yeah. pride, because now the X's are all of a sudden right back in this thing. If you want to, if you're a, a millennial or a boomer or an Xer and you want to try and extend the lead or the, the potential lead or get the lead, we'll still play again. 402 479 1400, but it will be for pride and for pride only and for practice. And, and for, bo- for boomers, if we win, I'll buy you lunch. But just for the boomers. Oh, you guys. Just, just for the boomers. All right, 402 479 1400 if we want to do that. And, and if we don't, we might, you know, these won't these won't count, but we might have to go through some practice rounds. But I want to give people the opportunity. How often do you get the opportunity to have the pressure off and play the radio game and put yourself through the training? Because at some point, there's going to be some concert tickets on the line. There's going to be Husker football tickets on the line. There's going to be something you really want on, on the line, and you'll have been through the battles. You'll have been through that whole thing. 402-479-1400, an exhibition match of Generation Collaboration. I cannot believe Chris and Olathe saved me on that one. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I had anything there. I don't think he needed me at all. I don't know if he knew the Johnny Five one, but he had everything on that one. I, I basically served zero purpose on that. All right, who do we got, Caleb? We got Howdy. Oh, Howdy's going to take a shot at this. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Howdy. I don't know if it's for pride because I'm actually calling in, but let's go for it. Nope, it's not. It's for pride, but uh, you know you can you can help Mark out with the boomers uh, if you uh, if you do this. All right. Uh, so Mark and and Howdy John are teaming up on this one. It looks like uh, no. I don't have the questions. Caleb does, and he's on the phone talking to someone right now. Don't talk to Caleb right now on the phone, please. All right, so 402-479-1400. Who is talking to you on the phone? What are they talking about? I will talk to him later. All right. All right. 
All right, Caleb, what are your questions? Mark and uh, Howdy John are going to play for the Boomers here. This is for bragging rights only, bragging rights only, but those are very important in this All right, here you go. Which musician played keyboard in the group Emerson, Lake, and Palmer? (laughs) It's one out of three chance, I think. (laughs) Oh. Emerson, I believe it was. I think you're right. Is it Emerson? Keith Emerson. Good job. Bonnie Franklin stars as a single mother raising two daughters in what TV series? Jeez. Uh, was that one one day at a time? Nah, I don't. I thought it was the. Nah, okay, yeah, I'll go with that. All right. That's correct. Kids of the 60s loved these straws filled with flavored sugar. Oh, uh, Pixie Sticks. Yes. Pixie Sticks. Yeah. So did kids of the 90s. Yes. (laughs) Awful things. Just awful. Yeah, put them in Mountain Dew and then go play basketball. (laughs) Elizabeth Taylor was offered a whopping $1 million to play the title role in what historical epic? Oh. Can you repeat that? Elizabeth Taylor was offered a whopping $1 million to play the title role in what historical epic? It has to be Cleopatra, wouldn't it? That was my guess. I, I would think so. Yep. Patented in 1971, what modern mattress type was historically used in medical therapies? Patented. Sealy Posturepedic? Say that again. Sealy Posturepedic? Read, read it once more. <laughs> Patented in 1971, what modern mattress type was historically used in medical therapies? Uh. Was a waterbed? Waterbed? I would. Yeah, let's go with that. Wow! All right. When when nothing's on the line, the boomers just plow through. They don't even have to do an extra point because it doesn't matter at this point. They got their five. I mean, they can because they can get get the two bonus points. Oh, you get bonus points for the extra point? Okay. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I don't don't understand Caleb's new scoring system. It's very confusing. I don't either, but I want all the points I can get. All right. Millennial, right? I don't, you guys I'll, are going to do a millennial question, not Gen X. What do you want, Howdy? Uh, millennial, I guess. All right. In the early 2000s, what technology was incorporated into phones which allowed users to connect devices wirelessly? Bluetooth. Wow! That's seven <laughs> points on the board for the Boomers. Congratulations, Howdy John. You win nothing. But pride. All right. But bragging rights and getting the boomers in the thick of things. Congratulations, Howdy. You nailed it. Good job. All right. There you go. Thanks, Howdy. I'm going to let him go. I got to let him go. Are we going to play it one more time? Uh, it looks like we have time. We're not going to have time to take any new ones, but we can take. Do we have one more person, Caleb, I think, that wants to play? He says yes. All right. Let's see. Who do we have here? Brett. This is Brett. All right. Oh, Brett. Brett's going to go for the yeah. X's again. Yeah. All right, Brett's going to go for the X's again to take a, dare I say, commanding lead in this whole thing right now. This is very exciting. Very yeah. exciting for the X's. Okay, all there right. we go. There's the the Vietnam War movie features William Defoe and Charlie Sheen. Platoon. Boom. In which U.S. state did the Mall of America open in 1992? Minnesota. I'm just going to let Brett go unless he needs me. Written by Prince, the song The Glamorous Life by this artist was a hit. Ooh, you know that one, Jack? Uh, Sheena Easton, I believe. I think does that sound right? Sure, let's go back. Right. Sheena Easton. Is it- oh, 
Or is it Sheila? Sheila E. No, Sheila E. and Sheena Easton. Sheena E. is the same person, I think, as Sheena Easton. It was just a nickname and the last initial. Oh, God. (laughs) The card says Sheila E. I'm sorry, Brett. Did I get Sheena E. Sheila E. Sheena Easton? And you would have definitely got these last two. The 1983 sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Uh, actually, Sunday morning regrets. Uh, Uh, Sheila E. (laughs) Sheila Escovedo is a different person than Sheena Easton. Staying Alive was the sequel, and she plays Chrissy Snow in Three's Company. Uh, Suzanne Summers. Yep. Crap. Crap. Well, that's a sour taste to go out on, Uh and a music one too. Look at you with a blemish. Uh, Seven twenty-four. You're listening to Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499.3 KLIN. Wherever you go. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Not today, this is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is time to count them down. So without any further ado, let's get things going, starting with number five. On June 8th, Redway's inaugural flight was from Lincoln to Orlando, Florida. Yesterday, they announced shutting down the operation effective the end of the month. Any uh, flights after August 31st have been canceled. Refunds will be processed. Should have them by the end of the week. Uh, This is the second time we've had a story where my this week, at least the second time, unfortunately this week, where my result, uh, my my reaction, I think the reaction of a lot of people is just disappointed with this whole thing, um, on a couple of different levels. Number one, I thought it was, if sustainable, if this was something that could work, and you hope that that was vetted to find out if it, if it could work or if it was going to at least have a little bit of time to get its feet on the ground. That it could have been a boon to the airport, to Lincoln, to it would have been a unique service that gave the airport a little bit of a leg up where it's hard to get one, to be honest, for a variety of reasons. And it also gave Lincolnites a nice option, frankly, to get away sometimes in ways and at prices they haven't been able to otherwise. And so when it first started, I think a lot of people felt that way and thought it was exciting. It's also disappointing now because it seems like the fact that it crumbled this quickly and the fact that, according to reports, uh, up to $2 million of the $3 million in ARPA funds that were allocated for this were chewed through or used up already in this whole thing as kind of backup plans. I mean, there's part of it where you look at it and you're like, okay, if it went down this quickly, I wonder how good of a plan it was at the beginning. And if it wasn't that good a plan at the beginning, how was how are there not people on the inside saying you know, waving red flags, no pun intended, mm-hmm. everywhere on this whole thing. And saying, look, this is just, it's not going to be, you're going to have to turn such a profit here at the beginning to get this thing going. You're going to have to get these early flights full. And when you got places like going to Atlanta and Austin and those sorts of things in the summer, there's just not going to be a demand, which 
Yeah, I think I. Among the things, I mean, I think we said at the beginning that we were excited about the idea of it for sure, and we were hoping that it was successful. But when I saw Austin on the list, I was kind of like, "Really? Yeah. How in the heck are you going to have? How in the heck are you going to have enough people when you go to Austin, Texas, on a weekly basis? Maybe it was too many destinations out the gate. Say, say if they would have just started with Vegas and Orlando. Maybe, yeah. That's you know." There's, I'm sure, a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking right. that can be done on this thing, but but that's what any any future, whether it's more of a charter service like this or it's a it's a full airline that wants to, anyone who wants to come in now has to look at this and say what does that mean for us? Yeah, what does that demand mean? Absolutely for, for what I we know. would bring to Lincoln. I know that's that's the compounding problem with mm-hmm. this whole thing. Not only do you not only do you lose what you have in the venture is. You know, it's failed essentially, and you lose some of the dollars that were appropriated to go toward it. But that's the lasting implication: is who wants to take a chance now? Yeah, well, you, but you also have a chance to look at the data, look at the the model, and say, what does the data tell us that would be or could make it successful? Uh, Maybe you know, and I mean, if let's say ninety percent of their tickets were sold to Vegas. Then you, you you look at that you know a Vegas only connection to start with, or right. if, if uh, you know seventy five percent went to Orlando and Vegas, those are the ones you concentrate on. Right. Yeah. It's, so, it's so maybe it's, it's a learning opportunity as well. No, Mark, you're right. I mean, it felt like at the beginning they bit off a whole lot more than they can chew because they were going for things that didn't seem like they were going to have a real robust demand for weekly flights to. Right. And, and, and quite that frankly, proved to be the case. And quite frankly, the, the type of uh, return, uh, you know, out and back. Sometimes it was three days. Sometimes it was four days. Right. It, it just seems to me like you'd be better off to offer a Lincoln Vegas every other day, and every other day Lincoln Orlando. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. But I don't even have a problem. I mean, I don't think I had a problem with the locked in times and you know one flight weekly. It was just more that there was so much supply out there that. You, it was really hard to see a demand for at the beginning. I think a weekly or, or whatever it is. Yeah, I think you're right. In the summer, especially, Vegas and Orlando. And I think in the winter, frankly, by the way, the Tampa and Phoenix ones would have also been, there would have been good demand for. But again, Nashville, Atlanta, Austin, Minneapolis. These, I mean... Yep. And, and, you know, maybe they had to have, maybe that was a non-negotiable, right? They had to have those to even get started. They couldn't st- have started it on a small scale. But it is, Mark, what you're saying, I I agree with you. It makes you wonder, like, could you have started on a smaller scale with this? Kind of felt out the market through that process. Done, you know, started with the things that you thought were most likely to be the home runs. And then go from there in terms of expansion. And maybe it would have had more of a shot, but... Well, I'd also look it's at, not the, the way it went, at, obviously. At, at what Omaha nonstops have going for them. What are their heaviest routes? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got like from Omaha to Dallas, you've got Southwest American that all have nonstop. If they're running at capacity, there you've got you've got a built-in opportunity to tap into some of that as well because of the uh, cheaper fares. It's tough because I think we probably it's not. It's something that's widely agreed on is that the vitality of the airport, the success, the airport having options that are used is a good thing for all of us around here. But there's just been a string of 
a string of, over the years, a string of departures, no pun intended again, but de- departures of projects and ideas and people who are going to try a flight, the companies who were, you know, Delta coming in and doing what they're doing, the regular flights to Minneapolis, regular flights to Atlanta that they had for a while, that, and these, and now Redway, that it ju- they just weren't sustainable. And you start to wonder if you continue to have that and continue to have that and continue to have that, what the impact is is going to be going forward. And I don't know where they go next. What do people... I, I'm curious what the answer is, and I'm sure they do surveys and they look at this, but like, what do people want from the Lincoln Airport, those who might use it? What exactly is it that... And especially people who travel a lot and who go to Omaha a lot. What is it? I mean, the simplest way to answer that is just competitive pricing to get to where they're going. And right now, it's not really competitive. Competitive pricing to get to Chicago, Denver, and Houston. Let's start there. That's that's job one to start. And then you kind of go from there on this whole thing. But And like Mark's, Mark said at the beginning, that any flights September 1 and on are canceled. There was a guy on Twitter who had responded to me that has a flight to Vegas on August 31st. That's as the of yesterday. Day. That was still scheduled. The return flight has been canceled. Oh my gosh! God. So, yeah, I heard. Yeah, I, there's. I heard other. There were actually. I heard a decent amount of people. Interestingly enough, who did have flights that were scheduled and that got canceled. I probably heard from about five to seven people who said things people like people that. People going yesterday. to Texas for for like whole families going down for a wedding. Like there, there were a lot of those different stories that I was oh. seeing yesterday. So it was being utilized just. Not at the scale needed to, right. to to stay afloat. So again, a lot of inventory, not enough demand to fill all of it. Yeah, yeah. Again, if you if you went through with a really modest schedule and destinations and sort of tweaked it seasonally, I think that could have worked to match the demand. But I don't. I just don't know if that's feasible as a business model that, to that do or that. Even different uh, size aircraft might have made a difference too. Uh, perhaps. Perhaps. Oh yeah, so if you're if you're looking at something that's a third full in that what were those the 3200s? Uh they were A320s. 320s. Or, uh, 321s. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, if you I mean if, that's a 150 160 seat aircraft if you've got a 50 or 75 seat aircraft they're going to be a lot cheaper to, to operate. Now you don't have the inventory but maybe that's why yeah. we have commuter service from United. Well, we got to move on, but the bottom line is to the extent, at least for me, and I think a lot of people are, are frustrated with this whole thing and how it went down and have some questions about it. It, it rises from a, from a desire within us that wants the airport to be successful and, and vital here, and this is a step away from that. So, Moving on, what else do we have today? Number four. Well, the debate last night in Milwaukee, the first Republican uh, debate, eight uh, candidates on the stage. Uh, the news the, we've got the TV on here in the newsroom all along, and hearing all the pundits this morning, I decided I wanted to get a little different picture <laughs> of it. So I went to the BBC website to see what they were uh, reporting, uh, and they say the winners uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, as well as Mike Pence and Nikki Haley, middle of the pack Tim Scott and Chris Christie, the losers Asia Hutchinson and Doug Burgum and Ron DeSantis. DeSantis, wow, at the bottom of the list. I did not uh, watch the whole thing live. I saw highlights of it. I read a lot about it as well. Did you, Mark, did you watch much of it or not? I watched zero. I mean, it's a little hard to get motivated to watch it because I'm 
very convinced that these are all this is a battle for distant 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 runner-up in this whole thing so it's hard to it's hard to be particularly motivated about yeah. what the impact of this is going to be going forward my for motivation these. was a 330 alarm clock. yeah <laughs> it's yeah, interesting to, to hear amongst those winners vivek just because what have we heard in the the national newscast from fox and we heard a little bit in sound off is just everybody taking shots at him so, so like the the impression that's being given, at, at least here, well, is, is that he got beat up. Yeah, but yeah, I think there's another part of it that that alone is a win for him. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's oh, that a target, target rather than DeSantis on that stage. I think that concept alone shows that there's some level of concern. Or I think it also could legitimately show, and I think it does, that they're all super annoyed with him. Like, yeah, I mean. I can absolutely, you could just, in some of the highlights that I saw, hit Mickey Haley and, and some of the the slightly older candidates, they were just like, this guy. <laughs> My generation, oh, baby! Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, they were, uh, they were annoyed. <laughs> All right, moving on. Number three. And we got one last day of extreme eight. It's still going to be warm, uh. Tomorrow, uh, I'll be up in the 90s, but then much nicer by the weekend. Uh, Our friends at uh, 1011 News uh, remind us that the extreme uh, weather advisory, uh, excessive heat advisory, remains in effect until 10 10 o'clock tonight. tonight. And then we celebrate. Then we all go outside in the neighborhoods. At 10.01. And we celebrate and light off fireworks. Just kidding. Don't do that. That's illegal. Uh, You know, pop champagne, maybe, for the end of the heat. Excessive heat warning. It'll be good. Although, I've got to warn myself this more than anyone else is if I expect a huge change, I may be disappointed on Friday because Friday looks like it's going to be more humid than it is today. It looks like it's going to be, I don't know, six degrees cooler, seven uh, degrees about, cooler. Probably 10 degrees cooler. Okay, 10 degrees cooler. But, but the heat, still in the mid 90s. But with the humidity, the heat index is only four degrees lower when it peaks. Right. So. But a little breeze, which always helps. Little bit more breeze, but Saturday, like you said, Saturday looks like a pretty significant change. Breezy potential of precipitation, highs in the low to mid eighties, um, cloudy. That that's what I'm talking about. Saturday's gonna be nice. So we almost got through it, folks. Power through the very last uh the last few hours of the heat wave of August twenty twenty three. Number two. Last night on KLIN, Trev Alberts on Sports Nightly talked about several issues. Uh, sellout Street. Uh, he says basically sold out. I, well, he mentioned something about, what, about 1,000 tickets left for one game? Okay. Something like that. Yeah, that's what he said yesterday. He said that under 1,000 left, that's all on, on one game. Um, and he said there's, there's going to be tickets available, but not to the point. There's a few tickets that are going to be available, but not to the point where they're cutting it close on it being a sellout. So he's essentially saying we've basically clinched just inexperience from this mathematically that we're going to have sellouts already. Chalk up these seven. A couple of year, a weeks ago, they didn't they announce they were going to continue the red carpet experience? Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah, so they did. that will take care of that. Because they'll have probably have a sponsor. For that. Oh, yeah. And anything that ends up being kind of left over gets bought up and just added to that pile anyway so that what, once you start to add in those types of things this isn't going to go away no and and honestly oh this is such a somewhat cynical thing to say <laughs> but 
I'm glad that this is apparently clinched mathematically because I can't handle the constant talk about it. I just... (laughs) I can't do this conversation every week about this whole thing. This topic is one of the most exhausted topic that's that's out there. Well, at this here's point. what so, here's what you get now. Now what now here's what you can look forward to because you're going to attack seven onto this year. That's going to get you to three ninety six. Oh, so four hundred happens next. You're going to hit four hundred next year. And remember how big of a deal three hundred was. Now that'll probably rejuvenate the whole thing. And my goodness sakes, if they if they come out and win this year and have a decent year. That's going to take care of a whole bunch of the problem. Well, yeah, so. w- winning handles all of this. That would be great. Winning handles, winning handles a lot of problems <laughs> just in my life at this point. There's a lot of stress just melts away, whether it's talking about the sellout streak and having to, you know, be concerned about that, or whether it's just having experienced the feeling of happiness during the fall season. <laughs> we we like happiness. Just the occasional weekend that isn't terrible. That would be good, too. That would be one way that that would help things as well. So. By the way, next year, you already have three home games. So you're when you're looking at where that fourth home game, that'll be number 400 next year. You already have UTEP, Colorado, Northern Iowa the first three weeks of the so season. So it's the first Big Ten game of the year? Your first home Big Ten game Ooh. will be number 400. All Welcome right. to Nebraska, Ohio State. UCLA. <laughs> oh, yeah, UCLA or yeah. USC. Yeah, could be. Think uh, Ed Gardner will come back to the game? <laughs> oh, too soon. Oh man, too soon. <laughs> uh, uh, this week has stunk. This has been a fun week. Stop it! No, it's not been fun at all. It's this busy was, between the heat wave and every day having a new iteration of crummy news that I have to come on the air and say I'm very disappointed about this thing. It's time for this dang week to end. Let's get those four day work weeks going and let's get them going right now in Nebraska. <laughs> Emergency resolution. Get the legislature together for a special session today at 10 a.m. Come on. <laughs> not asking for much, are you? I want tomorrow off. I said it. Even though it's request line Friday, and I like that. All right. That, uh, yeah, that counts as like a day off. Uh, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Number one. Findings detailed in the latest volume of uh, the Frontiers in Nutrition Journal highlights how beer contains a beneficial brew of compounds and cites researchers that make the case for beer being beneficial to the gut. Oh, okay. Tell us more. A long-established fermented uh, beverage, beer is rich in many essential amino acids, vitamins, trace elements, bioactive substances that are involved in the regulation of many human physiological functions. And the polyphenols in the malt and hops are also important active compounds that interact in both directions with the gut microbiome. Wow. There. I got it out. basically a health food then. Yes. At this point. I love it how I love it how anytime there's any kind of a study on usually it's beer, wine or chocolate or coffee being beneficial to people's <laughs> health, it automatically gets on the morning drive. <laughs> it does. Every single time. And so we've got a new one. I like it. Rich in vitamins. Yes. Okay. I didn't even know that. That's nice. And and they, uh, and now the number one selling beer is uh, is it still Modelo? Modelo, <laughs> yeah. Hello, Modelo. Time yeah. to get my vitamins. Actually, I've been. I read an article about how all these athletes now are using non-alcoholic beer for a like. Well, sometimes they'll use regular beer for a recovery drink, just one. But they're like using non-alcoholic beer before 
athletics events and stuff because it contains some a few carbs and it and it actually hydrates them and it does and great it's got things. some vitamins and and it yeah. helps their biome yeah evidently their microbiome so. too i mean yeah i can get it i I remember plenty of times showing up to intramurals being like, I've already had a couple beers, no. guys. Softball's going to be great tonight. What if they put by the uh, by the Gatorade on the sidelines some, like, uh, some uh, O'Doul's Who is <laughs> something, the, right? What, they're, they're drinking them in mugs on the sideline. What college is the first to bring over? You, you got a keg of non-alcoholic Heineken sitting <laughs> on the, on the bench sideline. for Nebraska football. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, what, what, what school's going to roll that out? For? Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Definitely that, Wisconsin. That'll be uh, uh, Heineken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, no, it'll be, what's the brewery uh, up in Chippewa Falls? Line and Kugel. Line and Kugel. Yeah. Oh. No, but if you even go to the grocery store, they've got all these like IPAs that are like marketed to run non-alcoholic IPAs that are like, it's like workout beer. I don't know if people are taking them along on the run and that kind of thing. It's become kind of a trend right okay. now. So, anyway, I just like to be healthy. So, just want to tell you guys, seven fifty-six. That's it. I'm not making any more coffee in the morning. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> it's it for the morning drive. Brought to you by Stone Ridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Grin. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in. 80 degrees in the capital city, and it is time to visit with Robin Eshleman, Dave Albers, the Grow Lincoln team, and talk about what that building may be going up in your neighborhood or that business is opening up. Is it a restaurant? Is it a bank? What is it? And we do that every week here at 810 on Thursdays. And you can hear them at noon on Saturdays for their weekend show. Robin, Dave, good morning. How are we doing today? We are doing good. Good. All right. Uh, let's get into the news here. Uh, actually, you know, we were... I'm just curious, just generally, since it's been a big story this week, and it does involve real estate and all of those things, and we talked about it a lot, but I'm curious, just generally, you guys' thoughts on the news about the prison in Lincoln um, and the announcement where it will be and kind of the reaction so far, kind of from the perspective that you guys think of things. So I'm just curious, any reaction to any of that? Are you surprised, I guess, maybe, is is the first thing? I'm not surprised at some of the people's negative reaction mm-hmm. oh nobody, it's a horrible location no, nobody uh yeah that's one of those things where nobody wants that in their backyard of course yeah it's, so it's every but, but so is every location we didn't right. do that with a penitentiary and we didn't do that with a correctional center they went out a, a ways from where the homes are right yeah but i think if you if you look at say our current uh state penitentiary and if you go not all that far away say a half a mile to a mile i mean there's there's plenty of nice houses and everything but they came later they came 50 years later right and so people got acclimated to it right right yeah and this might be what happens here but i don't blame them i mean i i I wouldn't want it in my backyard either i always thought if this happened in lincoln um and I kind of thought maybe they would go in between Lincoln and Omaha, but they didn't. Obviously, they had their reasons yeah. to want to do that. But I always thought it would be, for some reason, I always picture this, and you guys probably know this area better than I do. I thought it would be somewhere just north of the interstate, essentially, on the on the north side of town. And I I'm, thought, and for, I'm, you know, I thought that 
was just the feel. That was. It's not that I know that there's land available there or anything like that, but that's where I always pictured it. But a lot of times you have to you have to worry about the infrastructure that you're you're going to have to have there. Sure. And so Any when you go effect. some of those areas that that are more remote, there isn't that infrastructure right. there. Hey. And, then, and then the project costs more. So I understand why they picked something close mm. to our, you know, existing infrastructure. Although we're getting all that stuff out there for Google, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, and West Joe and... Air- but that was quite a uh, long-term project mm-hmm. when they started pushing to get that infrastructure out on Highway 77 and I-80. I yeah. mean, this has been going on for... Golly, I got to think uh, 15 years. Yeah. L- way longer than I th- people, most people would, would think. Yeah. I, I really would like to see the city and the state working together better. This, uh, yes. this is inexcusable, the, their inability to work with each right. other. If it's, if it's going to be here and the state can put it here if they want without the city saying yes, then let's at least have the city come in and say, okay, let's talk about, yeah. let's, let's, need, let's play ball on this The city thing. needs to because protect its citizens. You only have so much leverage. You can't, I mean, if you can't prevent them from coming here, do the next best then thing. Then do your next best yeah. thing. I, I agree with you on that. All right, let's talk about what's going on here in the uh, business news beyond that with some new openings. Uh, 851 West O. Robin talking about uh, the west end of town. What do we have going on here? Uh, jet splash coming your way. What? <laughs> Can you believe that? A car wash? <gasps> I know. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Near. Um, so this is west Eighth and Westo near Roundhouse Drive, and they plan to open in 2024. Okay. Yep. That's good. We need some car washes in town. I think their last announcement was the Imperial Palace jet. Right. You know, jet on, Imperial Palace splash. on 27th yes. on North 27th. Oh, it's crazy. It is. Uh, it's crazy. Um, all right. And then it looks like we got a couple of things here. And then kind of going back to downtown, uh, 14th and N, what do we have there? Yeah, this is the former corn popper at 14th and N is now Culinary Kitchen. It's a test kitchen with breakfast, uh, brunch, and lunch waffles, smoked ham, pepper jack, cheese, avocado, tomatoes. They're going to be open from Monday through Friday, 8 to 3. Culinary test kitchen. So interesting. So breakfast by Foundation Gardens, breakfast and lunch and early afternoon food. And interestingly, um, you know who the sponsor is of this this project? It's um, the same people that run the Greenfields restaurant. Oh, okay. So yeah, interesting. Knutson's Knutson family home. Very cool. Nice. Very cool. All right. Uh, More restaurant news in Antelope Valley, Robin. What do we have? Now, we have talked about this, but we found out quite a bit more about it. We knew that there was this food court that might be coming for ethnic startup restaurants in this area, different varieties of diverse food. Um, So this is going to be at 23rd Street and north of O, and it's a project called 23rd Street Net Zero Live Work Redevelopment Project. This will be a mixed-use building for new and emerging food businesses. Um, the food part of it is going to have outdoor patio dining. It's not just an indoor food court. It will also be outdoor. Um, and then it's three stories. It's going to have upper level residential units and those will target net zero annual energy usage. So one of those energy efficient um, 
projects out there. The public investment, $444,400 are going to use some tax increment generated from the private development on this site. Um, and they believe that the total value of the package will be $3.6 million. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go retail news here uh, in North Lincoln. <laughs> what do we have here? I have to chuckle a little bit. This is Husker Nail and Spot, 4900 North 26th, applying for a Class 1 liquor license. Once again, everybody has to have a liquor license. And especially if it's Husker Nails, you know, to get through the football season, you do need something. You know, my wife and daughter were doing the pedicure, manicure thing yesterday. I should ask if they were required to consume alcohol during that event. <laughs> I don't think they require anyone to. But, uh, all right. Uh, let's move on to more news on North 27th Street, Robin. Uh, the uh, the big Gordman's building. Yeah, up on North 27th up there where Bed Bath & Beyond used to be and Gordman's used to be. They are getting the Crunch Fitness. That is where it is going um, Joe Gaspar and Lo Spalding informed us about this, and uh, thanks to them, shout out to them for providing that information. It was on a Facebook page, is that right? Uh, they they discovered Crunch's page and sure. let us know about it. So. Okay, excellent. All right, that's got that's kind of some that's a big big area for that, isn't there? I mean, yeah. isn't yeah. it compared some of the there's more like the strip mall gyms that aren't in quite as big of areas as that one will be. So. I think this is a I think this is a super gym and not a right. not, not one of those, gotcha. you know, walk in 24 gotcha. hours. It's a national chain. Gotcha. So. All right. Um, and then let's go to a more of a South Southwest Lincoln. Some retail news on Pine Lake. What do we have? Well, the uh, address is 7129 South 29th, uh, which for most people, this is the building that is uh, south of Starbucks on 29th and Pine Lake. Okay. Intermix is going in there. They're doing uh, interior alterations and demo to change it into a dance studio. Okay. $30,000 building permit. So Those apartments behind Starbucks are almost done. Yeah. Those are really coming along. They yeah. are. If you haven't yeah. been down there lately. Well, uh, one time that you one time that I know you can have a chance to check them out if you would like to is about mm, eight forty five a.m. on a Saturday morning when there are thirty seven cars in line there, and you'll have a chance <laughs> yeah. to look around and really survey everything and yeah. see what's going on. There and when you know when school pick up and drop off, that right? Yeah, Starbucks. especially in the winter, uh, that also is a very good time. To be able to do that as well. Uh, since we've got a couple of minutes, let's... I just want you to know, I'm one of these boring people who brews my coffee at home. Yeah, I do. I, I usually get K-cups. Yeah, I, yeah. I do too. But I occasionally, and you know, I need something. I drive through somewhere, but I'm not waiting. It's a treat for I'm me. I'm not waiting 37 people deep like and you do. And it's gotten expensive, hasn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I get the small size, and they've shrunk the small cup down to, like, the size of a little Dixie cup. And, <laughs> you know, it's like $5 just for that. But it feels so. good because it's still called a grande. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they do give they do give they still give the puppuccinos for the dogs so uh, i do feel like if i request a puppuccino for the dog i'm getting something for my five sadly enough i uh very aware of the pup cup policy at many restaurants now that i'm a dog owner and the places where you automatically get asked if you want one versus the places where you need to request them 
It's too big of an issue in our house, to be honest, but I'm very aware of that whole situation. So I like it when they just ask. They see the dog, ask us if you want to. I feel like, I feel like such a loser. I'm like, can I have a free can treat have, for my dog? Do you have anything oh, for dogs? I'm begging for a free treat. <laughs> the dog's for my dog. hanging out the window, you know, oh, tongue. And then he thinks he gets it at every drive thru. Yes. I've gotta, and then I've got to tell him, I'm like, they, they generalize. They don't do that here. They're cutting back on the whipped cream margins. And so they're not going to be able to give you one. <laughs> and the dog's just you're, sitting you're there. You're not sharing drooling. something with it at every drive thru? I'm not sharing some of my food with the dog? Yeah. No. It's one fry. <laughs> one, no, I'm not sharing fries with my dog. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, real quick, we do have a couple of minutes left, though. I and, and I referenced it earlier. We started talking about the jail, but let's talk real quick about. First of all, we can finally say it: the Google announcement. Right? Uh, was this the worst kept secret in the entire city? The worst. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I think uh, almost it, it was quite the open secret. Yeah. I yeah. think I, w- I remember a client in. It was like 2017 telling me that's who it was going to be. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's <laughs> wow. like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, they were working on the electrical, the electricity at that time. Right. Uh, it, just from what you heard about it, from what was reported about the press conference, they added in Papillion, they had Papillion's mayor, they had Lincoln's mayor, they had they had uh, federal elected representatives there. I mean, it was, a, it was a big deal there. And they talked a little bit about project. Sounds like the construction is going to kick off spring of of next year, and we talked about infrastructure, Dave. I think they right. had to get a lot of that ready uh, well, for this there, to be able to go forward. There was a lot of it uh, in place, that, and, and I'm aware of this because I had several clients out in that area, and they were screaming to get infrastructure in to, to that area. Yeah. And then one of the things was to m- create more infrastructure for the location that Google's going in prior to Google even looking at the that parcel of property because that was going to be a large parcel of property that would be available to some large company that would want to come here right to Lincoln but you had to get it more shovel ready in order for that ready. company to even commit you know right, like right. I do you, are you really serious are you really gonna yeah. provide us electricity and sewer yeah, yeah why was this thing I suppose the pandemic slowed it down a little bit but why was this such a you know four or five year process from the first time we heard about it till getting to this press conference the other day that's a good question I mean I know I know at, at some level they scaled back facilities around the country, especially during mm-hmm. the pandemic. I'm sure that didn't help move things along. Well, plus, just yeah. bureaucracies in large businesses. If you've ever had to deal with them, it's it's like pulling teeth. Right. It's just slow, right. and it it's frustrating. I was surprised that. I mean, they said initially 30 people. I'm sure it's much more, but we're trying to see if we can fit them into our Saturday show just to ask some questions like, okay, so it's 30 now, but when will yeah. it be more? And what's it going to look like when we drive by? What are we going to see? That's, those are all intri- Those are the yeah. questions I have. Yeah, I, I didn't want to poo-poo the thing, but when they said 30 employees, I was like, oh, you're well, going to have more than that. I was like, really? <laughs> but. They but, said initially. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't think there's going to be three thousand. I mean, it's it's just going to be a bunch of computers. Huh. All so right. Well, have I, people I think they're the, going to have to maintain all those. And then, of course, there's obviously going to be jobs associated with you know getting a huge facility like that up and running. You always too. have. Oh, yeah. You always have local vendors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What do we have on the show coming up this Saturday? Uh, air show. So Rachel Barth is going to be in. Um, that's all going to be going on during that time. Big Red Tires is coming in to talk about 
competing against chains and big boxes because we've had a lot of tire stores come into Lincoln lately. Time management while traveling to your branch offices. Roger Frank of Frank Financial will talk about airlines and getting there faster and saving time and getting proactive with business finances. Brian Clintworth from HBE Accounting. All right. Sounds like a packed lineup. That'll be Saturday at noon right here on KLIN. Robin, Dave, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again next week, all right? Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys. That's the Girl Lincoln team. It's 825. Caleb's got sports next on KLIN. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. All right, yes. Greg Sharp uh, back, had a chance to talk to him last week, but really getting going as we get closer to the season. Busy week of big interviews this week on Sports Nightly, getting ready to head out to Minnesota next week and uh, start that first game that you can hear here on KLIN. Good morning, Greg. How you doing this morning? Jack, I'm great. KLIN has been uh, appointment listening the last couple nights with Matt Rural and Trev Albert. It has been. Week. Yeah, it's been a it's been a great week. I think you guys have, is John Cook tonight then also yeah, uh, as well. So you are Does it get uh, any better than those three? Yeah, I mean, great, great back to back to back night. People remember uh, you hear Sports Nightly right here on KLIN at at six o'clock. I, I wanted to just I know you know we've we've listened and we've read. You know, every, it's interesting, Greg, because you do these interviews with Rule or Trev Alberts or whomever, and I'm sure you know this, but you've got like several media members just listening along and uh, on. On, on Twitter and social media, just putting out point by point what's being discussed. <laughs> I assume you're aware of that, but that's always got to be kind of a weird position to be in. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times, you know, one of the guests, whether it, and, and Trev does it a lot, is like he'll go, "Oh, okay, that quote already's uh, been tweeted out." So, uh, yeah, he, he'll even look at. I don't generally look at, at some of that while I'm doing the show. I'm making sure I've got my next segment covered. What I'm going to ask him, but. Uh, yeah, he does check that. So yeah. coaches are aware of it, and that's great. That's you know that's what it's for. But yeah, the Husker media—it's hard to get much by those guys. Yeah, now. well, it's you know I always like it because I always know I have to turn the radio on because the interviews started because the tweets will start <laughs> coming. So that's yeah. always good. I can I can follow it that way. I, I I and then I always like to kind of talk to you. I, I bring that up because I know you know we hear them, we read the 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 accounts of what was said and those sorts of things. But I always like to kind of hear from you um, being in the room with these, uh, with, with rule, with Trev, with some of these other people. And especially when there are um, some specific topics that are, that are coming up. I know you talked to both of them uh, about Ted Carter's decision to move on to Ohio state. And I'm just kind of curious what, what you gleaned from the conversations and the feel that you had from both of them about that announcement. Well, I think both of them were kind of similar. They're like, ah, oh, disappointed because I mean, they, they both love working for Ted. And I, I think Ted was a huge reason why Matt Rural ended up accepting the job at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Trev worked for him first at UNO and then down here at, at UNL. So I think Ted has been a big part of both of their lives. And so I think, you know, they're, I guess in one way, you're going, okay, well, can't deny a guy if he wants to take another job, but also disappointed that he's not going to be here and still involved in Husker athletics. Now he will be through the football season because he's not leaving here until the end of the year. But I think a sense of disappointment and, and probably a little bit of surprise for both of them and what happened earlier this week. I don't know how you couldn't be surprised, but all the things that have been kind of done for Ted 
uh, the last six, eight months, extended contract, shifting the duties of the athletic department under his watch. I mean, Nebraska made a lot of changes to accommodate Ted and, and for him to leave, it's, I think, just disappointed is probably the main word. I, I know you, I mean, I don't think anybody knows the answer to this right now, and it probably is going to depend on who exactly is hired at at president, but do you, do you think there's some reevaluation right away about, you know, whether it's the chancellor or whether it's the president that handles some of these duties with the athletic department since it was transferred over, but you got the feeling it was kind of transferred over specifically for Ted Carter. And so now they sort of have to chart the future without him on that. What do you, do you get any sense at all about what the future might be with exactly who is sort of the, the head of that, uh, those issues with the, the athletic department? I don't, I mean, I haven't talked to any regent member in the last couple of days. I think it'll be their call. You know, and, and I don't know what, what travel will want. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't know that you know until you know who the next president is. Yeah, I think you're that, right. That may, that yeah. may help kind of decide it. If it's somebody who doesn't really want to do that, then I don't think you force that upon them. Ted Carter did tell me a few weeks ago that the Big Ten was not happy with Nebraska's decision to do that because they've kind of had a standing policy that it's not a systems president that needs to be at their table. Oh. It needs to be the on-campus representative, hmm. whether in some cases it is a president at some universities, they don't have a... So, yeah, Ted Carter told me that a few weeks ago. That, yeah, the Big Ten was not happy with this move made by Nebraska. Well, and I mean, yeah, because Ronnie Green had been sitting there, and it was Correct. his retirement, and he was instrumental. I mean, I remember I had him on my show during the pandemic when he speculated that perhaps there was a chance that Big Ten football would be played, and, and sure enough, that ended up happening. He was right in the, in the middle of all that. I, I'm I'm curious, Greg, too, and uh, like I I feel uh, I'm not typically someone who looks at a, a university hire and and say, well, you know, sports has got to be the main priority for this thing. But I honestly think with this next presidential hire, given where where college sports is right now, given where university leadership is now in terms of transition and a whole lot of things. I kind of feel like you've got to be a little bit more intentionally than you would typically be for a leadership hire and what their level of expertise and experience is in athletics. Um, and I know there are going to be a lot of people, maybe on faculty or others, who will balk at that and say, hey, look, academics is job one. But, man, it's going to be it's going to be so key for the next few years for the entire university, I think. I completely agree with you on all, everything. I think that a lot of academic people it drives them crazy that there's this much emphasis on sports, but I think in the reality, in the world that we live in right now, you have to be cognizant of all of that. The three presidents that, that I have dealt with since coming to, to Nebraska all have been pretty involved and pretty interested in sports, and it goes back to J.B. Milliken and then Hank Bounds and, and most recently Ted Carter. I, I agree with you. I think if you come in and you don't have any interest in that, I, I just don't know that that plays anymore. So obviously there's bigger things at play. I mean, there's other things at play. We shouldn't say bigger, but other things at play. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, I think you have to have a little bit of bet. The other big news from last night was really the fact that Nebraska is kind of shifting in their athletic department to their athletic, to their, um, their, their care of their athletes to UNMC. And I think this oh. is a bigger thing to get UNMC more involved with UNL athletics and get UNMC more tied to UNL, I think Nebraska believes, Jack, that that will help their case the next time they go make a presentation to become an AAU member. And I think that's still stuck in the crawl of a lot of people that Nebraska is no longer a part of that. And and one of the reasons they got voted out was that they did not have a, a closely enough a tied association with a med school. So mm-hmm. now they're trying to 
to change that and move in that direction. So the new president is going to have to navigate that. And obviously, I think you still have to have your pulse on what's going on with your athletic department. And it it sounds like, from what I heard last night, that the the AA that getting back in the AAU is something that would like to be seen. Is is uh, that that Travis mentioned? Yeah. I think that is being thought about at the university level. Absolutely, I've had this conversation with Ted Carter in the past. That's a big thing of his, and I think Dr. Bennett, the new chancellor at UNL, uh, that is certainly on his radar screen. Mm-hmm. So I think this step to get UNMC more involved with Husker athletics and taking over the care of the athletes is a way to, to, to maybe tie UNL and UNMC more closely together. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, football. It's really interesting stuff, though, and we'll probably go on for a long time about about the next few months and what that is going to mean for the future of the athletics department. But we got a game coming up tomorrow, and and you did sit down with Matt Rule two nights ago, and you know it's it's kind of interesting because of the access that we've gotten to this team through um, through not only interviews like that, but through the YouTube series and and just kind of Rule's openness about talking about things. I feel like we have. I feel like we're going into this season more familiar with the entire program than we ever have in a long time. And so I think people are, are sort of trying to gauge what exactly Matt Rule thinks he's got with this team. Is it going to follow his previous patterns at other programs? Is it going to be something where maybe they're better situation now in this? What sense did you get just in talking to him uh, about where he is just in terms of confidence in this team and where they are right now? Well, he generally likes this group, he, and he has from the start. He, he likes their work ethic, their want to be good. He's mentioned that a bunch. He says, you know what? Yeah, it's year one for me, but it's not for Luke Reimer. It's not for Nick Henrich. It's not for Ty Robinson. Those guys, this is toward the end of their college careers, and they want to be good. And so I think he likes his team. What he doesn't know, Jack, the X factor that he doesn't know is he doesn't know how good the teams are we're going to be playing. And mm-hmm. that, that's because he hasn't been in the league for a while since he played. Mm-hmm. And so me, I think they're trying to figure out where do we fit in all this. What I think we're going to see is what we've seen the last couple of years are a lot of close games again. Yeah. And the hope is that Nebraska is more buttoned up than they've been in the past. And instead of making the mistake late that's cost Nebraska games, you flip that script and some of those close losses turn into close wins for you. So uh, he likes his team, but I don't think he quite knows where do they fit in the hierarchy of the Big Ten just because he hasn't been through it yet. But uh, you, you've heard him say it a couple times in the last week or so, don't put everything into the basket of game one because there's a long way to go after yeah. this first game of the season. And so, you know, I think he just wants to be sure if we don't come out victorious in, in Minnesota, and the, the, certainly the plan is to go up there and win that game. But if you don't, don't just say the season's over because we didn't win the opener. So, uh, again, he likes his team, but I just don't think he quite knows yet until he experiences where do we fit in the league. Uh, probably the biggest sort of you know on-field personnel news of the week was uh, his discussion about the running back position. At least it was interesting to me, and and that's that Gabe Irvin is going to get the starting nod. Do, do you think this as kind of like okay, it's going to be Irvin getting eighty percent of the carries going forward, and we may or may not see Anthony Grant in games, or do you still think this might be a situation where it's a little bit of riding the hot hand, despite the way that he talked about it this week? Well, they love Gabe. Gabe got on their radar right away from his work ethic in the winter and the want to be really good. And remember, Gabe was terrific two years ago until he tore that knee at the Oklahoma game in Norman. I hope he's back. And by all accounts, he is. And so he he is the number one guy going into the season. Now, if he doesn't get it going and get going, get it it cranked up, I don't think they would hesitate to give 
AG some carries. Mm-hmm. He does have to take care of the football. But I, you know, I go back last year. I don't really remember Grant putting the ball on the ground much a year ago. Maybe a couple of times. I think somebody had the stat that he did fumble three times, but got two of them back. Okay. So that I mean, in the actual game part of a year ago, that wasn't an issue for Anthony. <laughs> They, they also really like Ramir, particularly in third down situations, because he's good at picking up blitzes. He can, they can swing the ball to him. He's got good hands, get the ball to him in the open field. So Ramir's going to have a package of plays for him. But, but Gabe gets the first crack. If he does a good job, yeah, it could be limited for Anthony. But Jack, we know, this is such a long season and so much punishment in this league. You're going right. to need more than one or two guys 100%. as the season unfolds. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, well, goodness sakes, I guess it's not too early to talk about Minnesota, uh, since we are going to be, uh, having a game a week from today and you guys will be getting going with your coverage a week from today of Nebraska and Minnesota. I don't know how far you are in to looking at them, uh, this year. What I know about them is, you, you know, you've got a, a guy who, a quarterback who was the backup to Tanner Morgan last year came in against Nebraska, actually looked like he moved the offense a little bit better than Tanner Morgan did, but he's kind of an unknown. You got a lot of transfers, especially from specifically from Western Michigan at the running back position. Uh, you got you got a wide receiver and a tight end that have been there and been good for a long time. Is this Minnesota team sort of fit the stereotypical Minnesota mold of what we expect from these teams? Yeah, they're pretty solid. I mean, back to back nine win seasons. Yeah, they had some losses, but you know it's it's a program now. PJ's been there long enough that he just he's got it kind of set up. They've got an All-American safety in Newbin who's a terrific player. It seems like they've always had, the last five, six years, a really dynamic player in the secondary. A couple of good linebackers. They're big and physical. Uh, they love to, to get games to the fourth quarter with a chance, and they feel like they're going to grind you down, which is exactly what Matt Rule's trying to turn Nebraska into. Kaliak uh, Manis, the quarterback, who <laughs> we, we felt good at the end of the half last year. We knocked Tanner Morgan out. I think it was a Ty Robinson sack. Yep. Said, oh, here we go. Yep. And then... Galliag Manis was better than, than Morgan. And you're like, okay, maybe we didn't want to hurt Tanner Morgan. We should have kept him in the game. So he's had you know, quite a bit of experience under his belt. You know, PJ made the comment a week or so ago that they're chasing ghosts because they're not quite sure what Nebraska is going to do uh, with their thing. That could be a bit of an advantage for the Cornhuskers, that they may be a little bit more of a, of a, of a question mark in what they're going to call play call wise on offense and defense, but it's a pretty sound Minnesota team. They've got a daunting schedule. So that's why I don't think anybody's picking them to win the, the West. They have to play both Michigan and Ohio state from the other half, but this is a pretty sound team that I think was definitely a bowl team and a really great challenge out of the gate for the big red. Yeah. And I think the biggest test for this three, three, five defense at the beginning in my opinion, and especially against the passing game, is going to be going up against a tight end who is, um, I think, maybe doesn't even get enough kudos in Brevin Span Ford, and yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna. I think they'll go to him a lot. They're gonna try and when they are passing the ball, they're gonna make him a big target. Uh, he has been in the past, and he could be one of the best players in the conference this year. No question. And their wideouts are pretty. They're sneaky good. They've got some really deep, talented kids on the outside. My my feeling on the three three five Jack. It's going to be disruptive. We're going to get some negative plays, but I think it's susceptible at times to giving up big plays. So you hope you only give up one or two of those a game, not four or five. Uh, so that we'll have to see all that. How's the communication with the guys yeah. on the field during game one? That sometimes yep. new staff, new things, new terminology. In the heat of the battle, do you Great keep point. your head about yourself? 
Yeah, great point. And if and if that's true, what you said about the defense, and I I don't disagree. You know, I think one of the big questions is going to be: Are they able to generate turnovers? Then, yeah. and that's where you're going to. I mean, that's how you're going to figure out if if it's a plus or a minus, given the two things that you said. If they can generate pressure, generate turnover, get picks, get fumbles, that's that may be the thing that determines exactly how much of a success this season is if this defense is able to do that. Totally agree. Yep. And I think you will see some turnovers. I think you'll see more turnovers generated by Nebraska and taking care of the ball. Yes. And that has been, man, they, the, the coaches have just preached that to this group in spring and, and in the August camp as well. Hopefully that message well, has taken hold. You know, the thing the thing is, is the Big Ten, the Big Ten in general, and and the Big Ten West, you've got some, you got some fine quarterbacks in there, and we don't know what a few, what Hudson Card and Mordecai are going to be their transfers, but you can, you don't have necessarily wildly accurate quarterbacks, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I think there are going to be you get pressure on those quarterbacks, there are going to be interceptions there for the taking, and they need to take advantage of that. And it probably goes for the same thing uh, for Kaliak Manis as well, right? You, you're going to have those opportunities with the quarterbacks you're going to be facing. You got to you got to be able to capitalize on them. And if you can get pressure, you, you turn yep. that into chances. Yep. And can Nebraska get some heat and pressure on the quarterback? And I think that's what the feeling for Tony White is. I want to be chaotic, and I want to be bringing blitzes from places they don't expect it. And if you can do that, absolutely. Most of these guys will throw a few up for grabs. Right. I think uh, I think you're ready to go. I think I'm ready. I know I'm ready to go. This this feels this August is taking forever. I can't imagine what the players feel like right now, Craig. I mean, especially with the heat that's going on, all these practices, they got to be dying to get preseason cap practices over with and get into the game period of the season. Yep, August is always long. I've looked at the forecast. Looks like it should be a nice night in Minneapolis. Yeah, you worry about thunderstorms this time of year, but right now yeah. it looks like it's going to be just low 80s and, and pretty nice for the yeah. game a week from today. Don't call for thunderstorms to start out a head coach's <laughs> Don't do yeah, that, that's Greg. True. Don't, don't even do mention that. it. Don't even don't even tempt fate with that. No, we do not expect that to uh, that to be an issue. Nor do we for Wednesday night with the volleyball game. Sounds like Trev is uh, pleased with the forecast there for that as well. It sounded like you he talked to you about that last night too. How about that? He's the, the president of the NCA is coming in. You've got yeah. the commissioner from the Big Ten is going to be here. So a lot of people want to come and be Great a part spotlight. of that event. Great spotlight. That's going to be really exciting. Uh, all right, so that's coming up next week, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Nebraska-Minnesota pregame here at 3 o'clock, kickoff at 7 with Greg and Damon. Hey, Greg, thanks so much. appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon, all right? You bet. Thanks, guys. Greg Sharp, voice of the Huskers. 8 and 5 we'll take a break. Wrap it up after this song, K-L-I-N. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 K-L-I-N. All right, guys. Let's all power through today, right? It's uh, it's like that. If you're if you're a runner, it's like that that last minute of the run when you know you're almost done. Just power through. Mentally, it might be a little bit tough, but let's power through today. Get through. Hopefully, the last day of the year in the uh, triple digits. Yeah. Get on tomorrow where it's a little bit cooler. It's been it's been a week. It's been a week in a lot of ways. And so we're going to wrap it up for you, needing it more than ever, with Request Line Friday tomorrow to get you ready for the weekend. And our theme this week, alternate tunnel walk songs. If you were tasked with coming up with the next tunnel walk song, not that this is happening, but hypothetically, if you were, what song would you pick and why? Text in your answer to 402-479-1400, and we are going to test them out, play them, and... Uh, Get ready for the weekend. Get ready for the fall 
as well with that. So I think we're going to have a very good time with that tomorrow. So we want to hear from you on that. That is it for the show today. Back tomorrow. Have a good one. Stay cool. It is 84 degrees wrapping things up at 9 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln.